Hello, Nickelodeon fans, and welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History, where we're covering all of the uh, Nickelodeon shows that either started or ended between the times of October 17th to October 23rd. And this is a, uh, just fair warning, this is a light week. Uh, I, I had to dig pretty deep to find extra things that uh, that ended um, around this time. So uh, to supplement this at the end of the uh at the end of the This Week in Nickelodeon History stuff, I will give you my top five Nickelodeon Halloween specials um, uh, in, in an order I ranked. And, and they're just of my own memory of like what I remember of Halloween specials and the ones that I prefer to put on during this time. So uh, just, you know, give you some extra content there. We all like that. Uh, but we're going to be starting out with a show that started a year ago on October 22nd, 2020. The show Unleashed. Uh, a reality competition hosted by Gabriel Iglesias. So that's a that's a pretty big get for Nickelodeon. Um, I don't see any information on a second season being announced, but it, it's still listed as ongoing. So, uh, you know, I, I imagine with Gabriel involved and seemingly it all being about animals, um, I, I don't see why this wouldn't be picked up for another season. I mean, I, I, I'd pick it up. Three years ago, on October 19th, 2018, Nickelodeon Zoofari finished its run uh, on Nick Jr. Uh, it's a miniseries about animals. Uh, animals are, are constantly great content. Uh, they all just have wonderful personalities, no matter what kind of animal, or even if it's bored, everybody just likes looking at animals. Uh, I mean, not all of them, but, uh, you know, a good majority of them are, uh, are, are good content makers. Uh, but this is crazy. Ten years ago... On October 22nd, 2011, Fred 2, Night of the Living Fred, premiered on Nickelodeon. Yeah, Fred 2. Fred 2, the sequel to Fred the Movie, based off of the internet uh, internet icon, Fred Figglehorn. I mean, look, in one day there's going to be classes taught about this first like decade or two of the internet and what it was about and what was going on and what things look like. Because as, as we continue going forward, we, we leave that behind in the dust and there are still preservation parts of the internet keeping, you know, that alive. But, um, you know, in the early days of YouTube, there were like massive names on top that, that, you know, are not really making stuff these days. But one of those names was Fred. He was the number one subscribed YouTube channel uh, for for at least a year, at least a couple years. Uh, he was so popular that Nickelodeon helped make a movie about him, and that movie was so popular that here they are with a sequel. Um, I I have seen the Fred movies out of the sheer curiosity of what John Cena was doing, because right as these movies were coming out is when I got back into wrestling, which kind of you know I'm, on a, I'm always on a roller coaster of of my waning interest 
with professional wrestling. But at the time, I had just gotten back into it, um, and and John was was very hilarious in those movies. Like his parts were were very funny. I don't think uh, the people making those movies, um, both on camera and off camera, were. Um, you know, necessarily, they knew what they were doing. They knew the assignment. You know, these movies are are silly. Uh, obviously, you kind of have to be, um, I, I think, somewhat interested in the subject matter to really enjoy them. But I, they're they're for as much as people dislike Fred the character, not Lucas. Who, by the way, let's just um, let's move any of that like neg. If you have any negativity of the Fred character, move that aside for a second. Lucas Cruikshank put in so much work into that character, into that world, and built built a career for himself off of that. What that hard work, determination, all the congratulations to him, and and his effort was was well met with success. So. Uh, like that, you can you can absolutely dislike the Fred character, but still be able to appreciate the work that Lucas put into it, especially at the age he was putting in putting it into it, and then was able to grow this into a trilogy of movies and a one season TV show in Nickelodeon. Hey, that's that's not bad. But uh, um, even though this film received mixed to negative reviews, it was considered an overall improvement of the original and drew 5.7 million viewers. Uh, the the movie was also directed by John Fortenberry. Eleven years ago, on October twenty third, two thousand ten, we had the premiere of another Nickelodeon movie, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. This one I actually have not seen at all. Uh, it it is starring Victoria Justice and directed by Eric Bross. If this is something worth watching, if you think it, it's got, you know, some potential as a as a yearly Halloween experience for me, hey, let me know. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. The the Nickelodeon movies, um, they're like I said in a previous episode, it's kind of like the Disney Channel original movies. Once you hit a certain age, um, the, the charm of a TV movie, there's like a perfect age range for that. Um, and, and there can still be gold found with those movies. And good word of mouth will actually, you know have people watch him so hey if you've seen the boy who cried werewolf think it's worth a watch let me know i i'd, I'd be willing to look into it uh this is a show i've been waiting to talk about and i was excited to see that it popped up this week uh, but there's a little bit of a uh a, a little trivia like not trivia but like information i gotta put up beforehand uh we're gonna be talking about the show corneal and bernie which uh was an acquired show uh, to air on the Nicktoons network. It's not a Nicktoon. It, it was from another studio, but it was, you know, brought over to, to fill in content of the Nicktoons network. Now, I don't think they needed to do that with the amount of content Nickelodeon had at the time of the launch of the Nicktoons network. But, you know, hey, having some original programming would give reason to watch that channel. Corneal and Bernie was probably the first show I encountered on the Nicktoons network. Um, which which started its run on the network on February 21st, 2004. And the reason we're talking about it this week is that it, it ended its run on the Nicktoons network on October 18th, 2008. Now that we all have all that out of the way, uh, that's specific to, to this uh, country. Uh, the show is actually a French animated series known as Watch My Chops. And um, 
started its run on February 21st, 2003, and ended its run on April 9th, 2016. Uh, it had two seasons of 104 episodes. That is a massive gap um, in between time of, of episodes. Uh, oh, hold on. Wow. Okay. Things are... So the, the two seasons, I believe, in France started on February 21st, 2003, and then ended on August 19th, 2006. That sounds about right. Um, but in 2014, a retool of the series, um, I guess, began airing. And does it have its own? What's going on here? Why is that information like half here, half not here? Come on, Wikipedia. Get this, get this stuff together. Um, in 2014, the show came back to television with new episodes being done in flash animation. Um, uh, you know what? I think I saw some of that online, but look, here's the bottom line, regardless on airing or what it's being made of Cornel and Bernie is worth watching. I think it's an enjoyable show. Uh, it's, it's about a, uh, a dog named Cornel who can talk and decides that the one person he's going to give his secret to is the dog sitter, Bernie, who, um, I, Cornel belongs to a very rich couple. And, uh, I, if I don't remember too much, but they're just not around a lot. So Bernie is just kind of like the de facto, uh, co-parent of, of Cornel. Uh, but yeah, they, they just, they have adventures. It's a guy and a talking dog. It's a, it's a very simple premise and I think they have fun with it and they were, they were enjoyable characters from what I watched at the time. This is like, I have not watched the show in full. Um, but at the time that the Nicktoons network was, was on my television, Cornel and Bernie was, was a well worth watch for me. So, uh, definitely give it a, give it a, a look at, uh, maybe not, I don't know the flash animation one. I've not checked out on that. A lot of shows I feel like when they, when they go over to flash, it just nothing against flash. If you start in flash, you can make some cool stuff, but then when you like migrate over to it, I don't know. It always looks, looks a little weird. 16 years ago on October 18th, 2005, a walk in your shoes finished its run on Noggin. Uh, the show, created by, uh, or at least written by, Eric Mayerson, ran for three seasons of 42 episodes in three shorts. Each episode documents the experiences of two different people who switch places for a day and learn how the other person lives. As the two subjects express their thoughts and impressions on camera, as well as in online diaries on Noggin's website, they learn to appreciate diverse perspectives. Uh... Hey, look, I'm, I can get behind any show that tries to show people that a lot of your thoughts, a lot of your anger, if you just change your perspective, not even just change, like perspective change can do a well of wonders for the mind. All it does is just have you look at through another lens and you can see the same issue from another angle and find a completely different answer that may be both satisfying for you and whoever else you you may be arguing against. I mean, this is a great concept. I'm glad to see that it that it had a pretty successful run. Uh, it ran for three seasons, 42 episodes. Not a not a bad run there. Nineteen years ago, on October 27th, 2002, Scaredy Camp. 
premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Liz Becker, the show ran for two seasons of 10 episodes. Uh, it was hosted by Emma Wilson, the daughter of Weakest Link host Anne Robinson. And uh, I, I did watch a bit of the first season of Scaredy Camp. There was, uh, it had a familiar feel of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, but it was a, a bit of like a reality competition in which uh, kids were trying to discover clues to the urban legend of the camp. And, you know, they would they would rig stuff to, you know, spook the kids and they would have like propped up cameras in different spots and whatnot. So I, I, I don't remember any specifics on what the end result was. I know when, that when it was solved, it was just like, I don't know. It's like, all right, well, we know the answer. That's it. Like it, it just abruptly ended. I don't. I don't remember. The, I watched the finale, and I just remember going, "Oh, okay. Well, that was it." Um, but from what I remember watching up to that point, like it was a great presentation. It was a great idea. Uh, obviously, it came back for another season. I think something like Scaredy Camp uh, has potential to still work. Like I still think there's something there that that can be made off of that. Um, but that is the end of this week in Nickelodeon history and uh, on to my top five Nickelodeon Halloween episodes that you should watch throughout October. And before getting into this list, I, I do want to uh, let you know that this is not the top five of all time. This is just top five of my taste that I think you should watch. So uh, there's no need to get upset. This is not like ranking them in any way other than in my world. This is how I rank them. Um, sorry, that needed a coffee break. Number five, Jimmy Neutron Nightmare in Retroville. I love that with almost every holiday, Jimmy Neutron completely subverted what I thought they were going to do. And especially when you think, okay, the Jimmy Neutron Halloween special, what's it going to be about? This, I, I don't know. I, I This was really fun to watch. It's always a treat. It's nice to see all of the nods to the different kinds of Halloween monsters that we associate with the holiday. Uh, and I think it just, it gives the characters a really fun time too because they get to have fun and act a little bit different outside of their normal selves. Give that one a watch. Number four, SpongeBob SquarePants, Scaredy Pants. Uh, this is the the quintessential SpongeBob Halloween episode for me. It just it has that right level of goofiness with SpongeBob on top of of Halloween. Um, I love the interactions between SpongeBob and Patrick throughout this episode, and I also love the moments that we get with other characters. Like uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Squidward and Sandy at the Halloween party. Um, number three, Hey Arnold, uh, Arnold's Halloween. One of the, uh, one of the top Hey Arnold episodes just in general, but, uh, what an absolute ride that entire episode is. You, you talk about Halloween on a grand scale, look no further than, than Hey Arnold. Um, uh, every, the, the whole subplot with the aliens, the nod to, uh, the old Orson Welles story about War of the Worlds. Um, if you've never heard about this, I, I, it's one of my just favorite things in, um, I gotta get more of the information up here. I don't want to flub anything, but it's one of my favorite things to have ever happened to, uh, to humanity. It's like, I, I can't explain it. It's like a, it's like a unintentional prank on a grand scale. But for those that don't know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to quickly delve into the story for you. And, and this might entice you to watch, uh, the Hey Arnold Halloween special. 
But the uh, the War of the Worlds is an episode of the American radio drama anthology series, The Mercury Theater on the Air. It was directed and narrated by actor and future filmmaker Orson Welles as an adaptation of H.G. Wells's novel, The War of the Worlds. It was performed and broadcast live as a Halloween episode at 8 p.m. on Sunday, October 30th, 1938, over the Columbia Broadcasting System Radio Network. The episode became famous for causing panic among its, among its listening audience, although the scale of panic is disputed as the program had relatively few listeners. Um, over the time since its launch, there's a part in the program in which it shifts from a story to almost reality, like as if this is actually happening. And the story goes that so many people were listening to this on their radio and lost track that it's a fictional broadcast and we're actually believing that aliens were invading Earth and were like this was just a live occurrence going on and they were freaking out. And, you know, like I said earlier, the, the amount of of hysteria around this has been disputed over time. Uh, but producer John Houseman noticed that at about 8.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, CBS supervisor Davidson Taylor received a telephone call in the control room. Taylor left the studio and returned four minutes later, pale as death, and had been ordered to interrupt the War of the Worlds broadcast immediately with an announcement of the program's fictional content. So there was at least enough calls in uh, and enough hysteria to warrant the the stoppage of it to announce, like, hey, this is a fictional program. Uh, however... By the time the order was given, the program was already less than a minute away from its first scheduled break, and the fictional news reporter, actor uh, Ray Collins, was choking on poison gas as the Martians overwhelmed New York. So right as they get the order, like, hey, you got to tell people this is fake, the the, <laughs> the the news reporter on the radio reporting this is choking on poison gas. <laughs> like. I even if I, I don't care look you can even if it's like 20 people in a town listening to this the fact that like the 20 people listening to this were just freaking out I, that's funny look it's a great prank it's unintentional Orson Welles had no had probably no intentions I mean maybe that he was thinking about it the fact that they were going with this real angle of, of something actually happening but hey maybe people maybe he thought that people were a little bit smarter and you know hey you guys listen to this program every week. It's always fictional. Why this one time would it be any different? But uh, anyway, the Hey Arnold Halloween special is a is a bit dipped into into that whole situation, and even has an absolutely wonderful Orson Welles um, uh, tribute. So give the Hey Arnold Halloween special a watch. Uh, you would think with all of that, it would be my number two, but my number two. Uh, would be Doug, Doug's Halloween Adventure uh, from the original Nickelodeon run. It just, it's one of my, if you asked me what is my go-to Nicktoon Halloween special, it's that one. For some reason, it had such an effect on me as a kid that to this day when I watch it, I still, I like, I love the atmosphere it brings. I love the story it tells. Um, it, it gives Doug and Skeeter, it shows off the whole costume trick-or-treat aspect of Halloween but it delves into another part of Halloween that I absolutely love but I love attractions I love haunted houses um, I love 
experiences. And I love that these characters go to their fictional theme park of Funky Town and get caught into in like the way the story delves into the fact that in one second these guys are the the next in line for this ride are told nope this the the whole amusement park is closing be gone with you and the entire everybody's just gone at that point it's then super creepy and it's just a great story i i absolutely love it give that one a watch and my number one nickelodeon episode to watch during halloween Notice how I, I never specifically said these were all going to be Nicktoons cartoons because number one is the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, Laughing in the Dark. I, it's it's one of the goats of the show. Everybody knows this, Ebo the Clown. But if you have not watched the tale of Laughing in the Dark, and give yourself a, a half hour of your time throughout October and watch that episode. It is, it, like, hey, look, I understand people just immediately don't like clowns. To me, it goes beyond the fact that that Zebo is a clown. The 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 lore, the story itself, uh, being stalked, oh, just everything. That to me is my always. I watch it every every Halloween. Uh, the tale of laughing in the dark. I'll find a, a stream of it now. They're on Paramount Plus, so it's easy to watch. Hashtag not sponsored, but uh, definitely all five of those. All worth watching. There's enough time still left in October to uh, to give them a watch. And even if it's not Halloween, they're worth watching at any point throughout the year. But that is this week in Nickelodeon history. Thank you for being a part of my week. And thank you for making me a part of yours. Uh, please remember, if there's any way that you see fit on supporting this show, liking the video, uh, sharing around any of my content to anyone who may be a fan, any of that, is always much appreciated. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Uh, and uh, we'll see you here next week. This is Captain Eric signing off. On the Lord Hut, here we are, Nick. On the Lord Hut, here we are, Nick, Nick. On the Ricky Tiggy Low, while living number one, Nickelodeon.